Hi folks, this is Gerard Moynihan of Moynihan Lumber. Did you know that professional builders and remodelers choose Anderson Windows more than any other brand in the United States? And if you're thinking about replacing the windows in your home, you should see the Anderson Woodwright replacement windows, which can add considerable value to any home. See the Anderson Windows on display at Moynihan Lumber in Beverly, North Reading, and Plastown, New Hampshire, or visit us at MoynihanLumber.com. Enjoy the taste of summer all year round at Cherry Farm Creamery. Check out the fall ice cream flavors now available. Pick up an ice cream cake for that special occasion. The home of Sun and Air Golf, the North Shore's premier golf and learning center. Cherry Farm Creamery, Conan Street, Danvers, cherryfarmcreamery.com. Now hiring for the school year. Welcome back to Trending Now with Josh Honnold. Our first guest is Afros Khan, who is a city councilor at large in Newburyport. Welcome to the program. Thank you so much, Josh. Well, we usually, here. we usually start out and say, give us a three or four minute bio. So why don't we start there and then we can get into some questions about uh, what's going on in Newburyport. Great. Sure. Um, so, yes, again, my name is Afroz Khan. Uh, I actually moved to Massachusetts in 2002, and I've lived in about five other states before coming here. Um, in Newburyport, we came in 2005, and uh, my background is I'm an electrical engineer, and I've been working in the energy efficiency industry for about uh, 25 years. Uh, I've got two children, a 13-year-old and a 10-year-old. They both were born here in Newburyport at our local hospital, Anna Jakes, and they've been attending the Newburyport Public Schools. I would say a lot of my involvement with the community started before the children uh, just by volunteering at our local theater group here and in terms of ushering people during the shows and then also um, volunteering for the different things we do up here in Newburyport like the holiday house tour or the kitchen tour up here so a lot of great opportunities to start meeting the community and then um, as my kids start getting into school I started volunteering a lot with the school system and then doing after-school programs with my background in engineering and science. That's a really uh, strong area that I want to work with children. So I would do after-school programs on like science experiments and trying to teach science concepts in really fun ways. And um, so then it was just a natural progression. After everything I did, I was asked uh, by some of my fellow residents here, would I consider running for city council? And at the time, uh, it was not something I was thinking about. But then as I thought more about it and talked to more people about it, I, it really resonated not just with my family, but with also the people I talked with. So then I ran in 2017 um, as a first-time city councilor and was very, very honored to have gotten enough votes to be on the council and uh, just finished my first term. And it's been a, a great experience, and I'm looking forward to um, running again in 19 and hoping to continue kind of almost uh, building off of what I've learned in my first two years and um, to continue that uh, moving forward. Great, great. Okay. So uh, how, was, uh, just, how has it been the first couple of years on the, on the city council? Uh, is it, what ways did it meet or exceed your expectations or, or fall anywhere short of that? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, it actually it really exceeded my expectations. And, and, in the sense that I, I think I, I really became passionate about uh, how much impact we hear, we have here in our local government forum, and really to the point where residents, what people really want or think about or want to do, there, there are ways that you can make it happen. And I think that there's a, a really gratifying experience in that. And uh, in this first term, I, I've, I've 
you know, it gives me an excuse to talk to people randomly, which I don't, I'm definitely not shy, but it's, it's nice to be able to just approach people, you know, and just say, hey, what do you think about this? And I, I love the fact that a lot of people are, um, you know, to engage the community, the residents, a lot of people don't know what's going on. And I don't fault them. It's not easy to, you know, to, to communicate what's happening unless you read the daily newspaper, which not everyone gets. So one of the things I'm hoping in my, um, if I get elected, is to kind of refine the communication methods that all of us counselors could do uh, to keep residents engaged and, um, and not finding out things after they've already happened. Uh, definitely learned a lot about the rules and procedures and, um, and working with the other counselors, too. That's been a great experience. Great. Now, there's a referendum uh, on the uh, ballot uh, in the report this year. It has to do with uh, marijuana, and I know it, you've already been down the street before, and uh, the community has wrestled with it. Uh, tell us about the referendum, if you will. Yes, definitely. I mean, it's really interesting. My first year I come on the council and probably would dealt with one of the most challenging issues that basically has lingered throughout my whole term. And, um, you know, it goes back to what I just said, you know, how do you get residents engaged in communicating? And um, I think for this topic uh, specifically, not not everyone has always known this was happening. In 16, you know, we had the referendum at the state uh, on the state side, where you know, do we approve to regulate marijuana um, like alcohol? And it passed, and as a result, it, uh, it impacted cities and towns in different ways. After that ballot question passed. The state house then, um, through their joint committee on marijuana policy, added a, a nuance, and they said, well, if it's a no city or town, they can ban it. The store doesn't have to come there. If you're a yes city or town, then you have the option to ban, but you must take it back to your voters. So that was actually added after the 16 referendum passed as a way for communities to, to you know, decide whether or not they want a retail shop. And as a result, um, when I came on the council in 18, I introduced to other counselors the ballot question because I was like, well, wait, you know, we have an opportunity to take this back to the voters and why not do it since we're a yes city? And then during that time was a huge education opportunity because the Daily News paper wrote up about that. And then <laughs> as I was walking and talking to people, they were like, why are you taking us back to vote on this? We voted in 16. So it was a very educational process for me and then the city councilors did a, a community forum as well for the public um, in 18 uh, in, in June 2018 and you know we had it recorded by our local uh, cable station and again you know it still wasn't on everyone's radars and it wasn't until we zoned for it Josh that we really got the publicity that I think we were hoping to get earlier on and during the zoning, when it became a reality, like here are the two locations that the council approved for a shop, we started hearing more from the residents. And the residents who did not want did start a petition. And even though this, this question doesn't allow a petition, like you can't put it on the ballot from a, from a citizen's petition, which our charter says any question could come on a ballot if the citizens get um, I believe 1,500 or a certain percent of the um, citizens to sign it. So, so um, basically, we're going back to ballot because there was a, enough momentum from the residents, and then the councilors voted at the end of last year. It was a very tough discussion, but I would say I, I was one of the ones who voted against going back to ballot. 
but the uh, ballot question did prevail. It was like a six, uh, four, and one uh, abstaining vote. So that's what we have now, November 5th. You know, it is democracy. So in spite of me being no to the ballot, I do respect the democratic process. And I think whatever will come um, based on this election, we will all respect. And uh, and that's, that's the way things work. <laughs> that's what I learned. Great, great. So uh, you have some issues uh, with development. Every community does, you know, trying to expand economic uh, opportunities, increase the tax base. Uh, New England Development uh, has uh, some proposals uh, to do some development along the waterfront. Uh, and that's raising some interest in Newburyport. Can you ch- chat with us a little bit about that? Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, that's been something that I feel like uh, as a resident here since 2005, our, our waterfront has always been a conversation of, of interest, not, not just from the residents here, but also from the people who come to Newburyport, you know, our surrounding towns too, who come to Newburyport and our waterfront for, you know, it's a, it's a lovely area to, to enjoy. So the, the specific parcel of land though, you know, we have our central waterfront, um, which is, City owned with uh, the Waterfront Trust, which is another entity. But then we have the parcel of land that's owned by New England Development, which is called Waterfront West. And that development in particular came up this year because of a, a zoning ordinance that was introduced to replace the current one. Uh, the main impetus or the main reason to do the ordinance was because of the flood, the 100 year flood. Um, plain reviews, you know, there is going to be uh, more water surging um, into that particular area. So I think New England Development said, can you change your current ordinance so that we could have a higher elevation so that we could create a level that can be okay for water to come through every now and then? So it was a very interesting, um, I would say, process in terms of having, again, going through the process of hearing from the public how they feel about the the density, what it's going to do to the character of the waterfront. And I would say pretty much residents were unified. Even those that did want development, even a small-scale development, were very concerned about the proposed uh, change in the ordinance and then a proposed design that was actually also provided by New England Development. So what I'm hoping to do is actually get um, the residents' input Instead of it coming, like, it's almost like a game of, like a chess game. You know, we're waiting for New England development to come up with some design and then we react to it. So what I'm hoping we can do is maybe do some type of a design charrette with residents. And um, I'm hoping we could do something in December. I think the city councilors all want to hear from residents and maybe this might be the way to get something that's going to be more of a feel for what the Newburyport character is that we want to retain. Great. Now, uh... I know that there's a uh, study on, uh, maybe comes out this week, about uh, uh, infrastructure as far as city streets and sidewalks and whether you should float a bond issue to dig up and uh, pipes and so forth, replace the pipes and then uh, fill in and and, and repave the roads and all that. Can you tell us what's going on there? Yes, um, one of the committees I'm in is budget and finance, and some uh, three councilors introduced a bond order about uh, almost two or three months ago, where, actually it was probably three months ago, where the proposal would be that the city go for a $10 million bond 
to do all the sidewalk and street repairs that have been basically on this list that we're just never getting to. And I, I do support that. I do support that the bond is the way to go to really catch up with the, the state of affairs for our streets and sidewalks. The funding that we get, we have a meals tax that provides um, some money for, I think, it's around $300,000. And then we also have the state formula, which provides some money to us as well. But it's not just us. Other communities are finding it very hard with just those um, funding sources to really be able to do the service needed for their, their towns and cities. And Newburyport especially, being um, an older community, it's one of those things where if we don't do a bond, we will never be able to keep up with the infrastructure needs that have to happen. And it's, it's, so I support it. You know, it's still in committee. We'll be um, talking about it and possibly voting on this at our upcoming meeting. But it's one of those things where something does need to be to, to happen. But that what that means is we have other capital expenditures, like um, we need another fire department that right now the city has one main fire station, and then there's uh, the west end of our town, which has a fire station, but it's uh, it's not uh, compliant to, to meeting, like, um, so many other needs that are needed for fire stations. So that would be a bond as well. So that's the challenge, is weighing all these capital expenditures and trying to figure out which one's the priority. So this beta um, engineering report, which does this assessment of all the streets in the city, is going to help us understand kind of the scope of the streets and the conditions and which one can be prioritized if we were to do this kind of long-term planning and dedicate these funds to, to a bond order. Well, cool. I want to thank you for being uh, a guest on Trending Now with Josh Reynolds. Uh, it's uh, always nice to have you as a guest. We've had you in the past and certainly wish you the best in your upcoming election uh, in two weeks. Well, thank you so much. And thank you for this opportunity. I really appreciate what you're doing. Thank you. Bye now. Thank you. Bye. Bob Gillis, president of Cape Ann Savings Bank, serving the Cape Ann community with stability and commitment for over 170 years. Since 1846, our customers have relied on our local bank service and big bank benefits. Stop by our offices or call to talk about your banking needs at 978-283-0246. Built on community, Bank. Member FDIC. Member DIF. Equal housing lender. Gloucester's Walter Wilkins Insurance Agency is teaming up with Columbia Insurance to deliver a full line of products, personal home and auto policies, as well as a full line of commercial coverage for business owners, including commercial property and commercial vehicle coverage. Wilkins partners with respected companies such as Plymouth Rock, Quincy Mutual, Commerce, and Safeco. For City of Gloucester employees, there are discounts on auto and home policies. Wilkins Insurance is located at 186 Main Street, Gloucester, now partnering with Columbia Insurance, serving the North Shore.
in Salem. Uh, George was previously a member of the Salem City Council and uh, more recently had been an uh, aide to Congressman Tierney. George, welcome to the program. Well, thank you for having me, Josh. Well, we usually start in and ask folks to give a three or four minute bio, so why don't you do that and we can talk a little bit about the upcoming uh, election. Sure. I was a moderator for President of the Congress in San Jose College. Uh, after that, I uh, worked in social services for a few years and actually got elected to the city council at the age of 24. Uh, I served for 12 years uh, as a ward council at the end of the council at Ranch. I served as city council president.
during the uh, Halloween season, which uh, we're in the throes of now. Um, how do you, uh, and, and that's a big uh, economic boost for Salem, everybody understands that, but how do you uh, uh, deal with those competing uh, parking and, uh, and traffic issues uh, while you in advance uh, 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 tourism industry, et cetera? Yeah, it's not easy, Josh. Uh, it's uh, you know Salem has become a destination city, and and it's not just Halloween anymore. And I think the economic boost that hits the surrounding communities. I know uh, Beverly and, and Peabody and Danvers. You know, they, they their hotel rooms are sold out, and they, you know, that that economic uh, spinoff you know has become regional. Um, but Salem, you know, we have to do some things, some concrete things, and uh, you know, to try to take a look at what we where we are. Um, you know, we have to manage our success. We're, we're a victim of our success in some respects. But there's a few things. One is uh, the proposed self-sale train stop. Uh, they can take hundreds of cars off the road a day. Um, that's gone through the siting process and, and really is getting to the funding stage now. And that would service Salem State College and the North Shore Medical Center um, with, you know, either by walking or by uh, well, I shuttle, most likely shuttle to the hospital, but um, but that would that would ease that would ease a lot of traffic in the South Salem area, in the North Salem area, morning people coming to the college. Um, secondly, we have to try all alternative modes of transportation and implementing the ones that work best. Uh, currently, we you know we have bicycles and we have the scooters and uh, you know of course you have your your ride shares and your Ubers and all that, but um, you know we've got to we've got to you know, do the things that work and make Salem a more walkable, friendly city. Um, there's also um, full of Salem Shuttle that the city has on the planning board right now. Um, I mean, literally on the planning board, not the board itself. <laughs> planning stages, I should say, to implement a uh, intercity shuttle where the vans would pick people up around the neighborhoods and bring them downtown to the hospital area, to the college area, any destination spots. And they're in the process of working on a schedule to do that. And I think that's a, you know, a, good, a good way, again, to take cars off the road. Uh, you know, if I live in South Salem, and if there was a shuttle to take me downtown, I'd take it. And, uh, and you know, I think a lot of people would. Um, and the other thing I think we got to do, and this is, again, more of a regional thing, but I think we have to take a good, hard look at you know, bus transportation. Um, Merrimack Valley Regional Transit Authority and the KPN, uh, KPN Transportation Authority both have excellent bus systems to service the surrounding towns. I think Sam would be better off if we took a good half of that. We may have more destination presence on the road if we want to have people go to and from Sam again with our cars. And for Sam, folks, to get the price of where we're heading with that. That's good. Salem, uh, and as you down, and some folks downsize the 
income status, uh, housing, stock uh, is diminished. Uh, tell us about the growing pains of, of housing in Salem. Yes, it's certainly an issue. Um, it's probably the worst I've ever seen it. Um, I know, um, you know when we were younger, you know, two or three people would just rent apartments together, but even that's not affordable for some folks these days. Um, you know, some people say that, you know, if you work in Salem, you should be able to afford the living salon. I don't quite buy into that because if you don't earn enough, left. Uh, what other issues uh, would you like to chat about uh, that you've been picking up along the campaign trail uh, talking to folks? Well, I think people, uh, one, one of the reasons I'm running is you know, the issue of civility. You know, we know our national, uh, you know, political you know, climate has been toxic and, you know, and it's filtered down to the state and it's empowered people to say things and do things that otherwise normally they wouldn't do. And, you know, I, I, think I see some of that in Salem, and I think it's wrong. I mean, I think I see it actually in the city council that they've gotten kind of carried away recently. And we've got to we've got to get back to basics, and you know, have civil discourse, and have people, you know, agree to disagree, and be able to walk out the door and be friends. Um, you don't have to, uh, you know, does, every issue doesn't have to be a fight. You don't have to agree on everything, but you know, we should be able to get along. There's Eleven people representing, you know, forty-five thousand, and that's an honor. Everybody should carry themselves with, with dignity and honor, and, and and be leaders in the community, and, and you know, and I just think it's time for someone to stand up and start saying that. So that's that's the other main issue that I talk about there in my campaign. Well, it's Tip O'Neill's uh, book, uh, Man of the House, where he talked about uh, the. Uh uh, you know, they could argue and debate uh, all kinds of issues, be on completely different sides. Uh, but at the end of the day, on Thursday night, they were still going to drink scotch and play cards together uh, at <laughs> exactly. you know at somebody's hotel, and that was yeah. the way they did business. And that phased out in the in the 90s. It became, um, at least in Washington, from what I saw, uh, what I see is that it became more uh, combatant. Are you on their side or are you on our side? And then even within the parties, there was uh, Fred Grandy talking about uh, uh, Congress, but wow, I didn't get along. Well, I was a conservative, but I, you know, got targeted by my own party because I, I opposed 
you know, something, and hey, I, I was representing my constituency. They didn't like that. I didn't want that. <laughs> you know, yeah, and, and yeah, those yeah. kind of issues, and, and, it, and it got real divisive. And uh, I'd always go back to Socrates, who wrote, democracy at its best comes from a contrast of opinions. Uh, it's, uh, you know, it works. It's the best system uh, out there. Uh, but there are two things you don't want to see how they made. One is... Uh, uh, laws and sausages, I guess. Is, yeah. <laughs> anyway, yeah. that's right. Yeah, and a lot of that, a lot of that in the nineties, you know, these rigid ideologues got in power, and they they, they don't care to compromise. They, there's no intention of compromising, and that's and they just want to tear down people, and that that's wrong. That's it's not like it used to have. Ted Kennedy was a very good uh, person that could work over the, over the, across the aisle, if you will, and so was John McCain. Um, those guys work together, you know. I found it interesting when when John McCain ran uh, and Bill Bradley ran. Uh, both of them had uh, from different parties, and they had uh, very similar platforms. Uh, and uh, I thought it was interesting, and it, but you don't see that as much uh, these days. But uh, anyway, we could talk more about national politics another time. But wanted to thank you for being a guest on Trending Now with Josh Arnold. Uh, appreciate it. Got, great i got to meet you uh, over the weekend uh, at the comedy night in salem and uh, uh wish you the best in your campaign uh, coming up in a couple of weeks well thank you very much josh it was nice meeting you too right. take care all right bye I'm Bob Gillis, president of Cape Ann Savings Bank, serving the Cape Ann community with stability and commitment for over 170 years. Since 1846, our customers have relied on our local bank service and big bank benefits. Stop by our offices or call to talk about your banking needs at 978-283-0246. Built on community, CapeAnnSavings.Bank. Member FDIC. Member DIF. Equal housing lender. Gloucester's Walter Wilkins Insurance Agency is teaming up with Columbia Insurance to deliver a full line of products, personal home and auto policies, as well as a full line of commercial coverage for business owners, including commercial property and commercial vehicle coverage. Wilkins partners with respected companies such as Plymouth Rock, Quincy Mutual, Commerce, and Safeco. For City of Gloucester employees, there are discounts on auto and home policies. Wilkins Insurance is located at 186 Main Street, Gloucester. Now partnering with Columbia Insurance, sir. Come in, take a seat, you're really in for a treat at the street. A great place to eat and drink and meet with at Sylvan Street. Treat you right, day or night, satisfy your appetite. Eat, drink, and chill at the Sylvan Street Grill. Catch a game with friends, meet for lunch, cocktails after work, or a romantic dinner for two. Whatever your plan, plan to do it at Sylvan Street Grill in Peabody and Salisbury. See you at Sylvan Street. Eat, drink, and chill. Title Boxing, Route 114, Danvers. A friendly, challenging environment. Everybody comes in here uh, thinking that it's like a regular boxing club where you're going to have to get in the ring and fight, and it's actually not. It's a, a classroom type of cardio exercise boxing class. We have uh, 60 bags. The classes range anywhere from 45 minutes to an hour, from 8 rounds to 12 rounds. Uh, there's music playing. The instructor teaches the class, and you have a good time. You learn how to box and have fun and exercise during the class. Title Boxing, Danvers. 
Hi folks, this is Gerard Moynihan of Moynihan Lumber. And if you're planning to replace the windows in your home, I have just two words for you. Anderson Windows. Anderson is the most trusted name in windows throughout the United States. See the complete line of Anderson Windows on display at Moynihan Lumber in Beverly, North Reading, and Plastown, New Hampshire, or visit us at MoynihanLumber.com. Moynihan Lumber, we measure up. Cherry Farm Creamery wishes all the teams and players the best of luck this fall. Check out the fall ice cream flavors now available. Pumpkin, caramel, apple. Cherry Farm offers 20% off to kids in uniforms. The taste of summer all year round at Cherry Farm Creamery, Conant Street, Danvers. Welcome back to Trending Now with Josh Arnold. Our next guest is uh, Valerie Gilman, who is the ward counselor in Ward 4 of Gloucester. She's a uh, been a past chairwoman of the Gloucester School Committee. She's now a Ward 4 counselor seeking re-election. Val, welcome to the program. Thanks. It's nice to be here. Well, it's uh, we usually start in and ask folks to give us a three or four minute bio. So why don't you do that? Then we can get into uh, some of uh, what you've been doing on the city council the last couple of years. All right. I'm glad to do that. So my background is human resources. I worked for about 25 years, mostly in high technology. My last job was uh, Vice President and Officer at Converse Network Systems, formerly Boston Technology, uh, Fortune 500 company, did a lot of international travel. It was a very exciting job. Um, and then um, in 2000, um, about 2020, I decided to um, go back to graduate school. I got my master's in HR consulting and then was blessed with a second child and um, decided that after that I would focus on being a public servant and got involved with, first of all, the PTOs when my son Jared went to um, Plum Cove, ended up running for school committee where I served for years, a couple years as chair, a couple years as vice chair. Took two years off between school committee and city council where I was I'm a member of the Gloucester Ed Foundation board as well as several other boards. And then ran for ward counselor um, a year after my dear friend Jackie Hardy passed away. And um, I got in, um, and this is my going to be my third term that I'll be starting. I'm grateful right now that I'm unopposed. So it keeps me focused on deliverables and working for both the city and my ward, my 4,800 people that are in Ward 4, and I'm enjoying just attending the debates and listening to my future colleagues, but um, as well as um, school committee members. It's kind of nice, just um, business as usual for me, and I appreciate that um, my constituents gave me the confidence of, of no one running against me. And um, so I'm getting a lot of work done right now in this uh, interim period where everyone else is putting their signs up. I guess I should put a few signs up and uh, send a couple of <clears throat> updated messages that I, I still love people to to vote, um, give me a vote of support on November 5th. So that's my, my bio. I have a, a bachelor's in psychology at UMass Amherst and a master's and human resources management at Leslie University. Ah, one of my masters is one of my degrees is from Leslie as well. Um, the uh, you've been, you've accomplished a lot. I know that you were instrumental in pushing through a uh, 
uh, Disabilities Rights Commission uh, at Gloucester. You also uh, were able to bring back uh, Student Government Day, uh, and you did a lot with uh, uh, Dogtown Common, the ordinance uh, on that, uh, and there have been other things too. Tell us about some of the things you've been you that would be in the accomplishment area uh, for you as a ward uh, councilor. Um, well, first of all, <clears throat> kudos to you because you're the ones, you're the person that sent me kind of a friendly thought about bringing back Student Government Day. And um, so I did um, take your suggestion, and it was a, just a fabulous experience last May. Um, and we're going to continue to do that now long term. So we're excited about that. So Good. thank you. Also, the Disability Rights Commission is um, kind of a subset of the Human Rights Commission, and right now we're um, seeking volunteers to put their credentials into the mayor so we can get that started as well, and that's another important um, board. Um, there, there are so many things happening right now that we just need to be more sensitive to. One of the things that has become evident to me, I'm on the Council on Aging Board um, as a Ex officio member representing the city council. Um, so we're dementia free and, um, and, and Cape Ann is as well. And one of the things that I've been learning about is something as simple as when people put signs on doors for the restrooms that say maybe gulls and buoys and stuff like that, that that's confusing to folks that are in early stages of Alzheimer's. And, you know, it's you're going to put the creative things in. You also have to make sure you put a big W and a big M, um, so folks with dementia aren't confused. And there are things that you, know, you learn that we need to do a better job in oversight. And I'm just delighted that the mayor supported this, and as did my fellow councilors. So that's going to be exciting. The Dogtown Preservation Commission was uh, huge, and um, we're ramping up qualified folks. Um, right now, and the mayor is seeking resumes on that. And one of the exciting things of the Dogtown Preservation Commission is that it's going to include Adrian Lennon, who's our new conservation agent, as well as Mike Hale, who's our public works director, and um, an HR, I'm, I'm sorry, uh, a city councilor that's appointed by the city council president, which I hope will be me, um, as the appointed member because Dogtown's in my ward. But we're going to be focusing on things like, um, you know, a, a long-term exit plan for the compost center up there and, um, you know, how we're going to make sure that we're protecting our watersheds and doing the right things. You know, we don't want Dogtown to be exploited by um, <clears throat> lots and lots of people, but we want it to be there for the folks that love it. And um, so... The balance has to occur, and I think that this new emphasis of this board, commission, volunteers, mixed with city staff, will allow us to really move forward with a with a with a good plan that protects and preserves Dogtown. So that's another thing. Um, some of the other matters that I've been working on, I did uh, quite a bit of zoning changes and um, for the Gloucester Code of Ordinances for Lanesville Center, Willow Rest, so that these locations were more safe, better signage. Um, let's see, 
you've got a proposal in, I believe, with Councilor Holmgren to uh, uh, a proposal relative to Chapter 90, I think it's Section 17C. Uh, tell us, what is that? So it gives cities and towns in Massachusetts an opportunity if um, if you have a sickly settled or business district Right now, the default, if there's no assigned speed limit, is 30. So that ends up being the speed limit, um, unless you've done a speed study and gone through all the steps of it being lower or higher. Um, so one of the things, what this allows is it allows cities and towns to vote to, um, to have their counselors or selectmen vote to make the default speed limit 25 rather than 30 for those areas that don't have assigned speed limits. And um, I think, as well as Council Holgram thinks, that 25 is a better speed limit because many of our roads don't have sidewalks. We've got cars that are quieter, so pedestrians don't hear them sneaking up. We've got distracted drivers that are sometimes on cell phones. We've got pedestrians walking with earbuds, listening to tunes and not listening to traffic. Some walking on the wrong side of the street. I know that you walk against the truck, but you see everything in Gloucester. You in motorized wheelchair, the little streets, and, you know, coming out between cars. And as does Council Holcomb, we believe that 25 would be a default. And it's pretty easy. Rockport just did it. Um, Danvers, half the streets have been approved for that. Um, Beverly, um, there's just more and more communities that are taking advantage of this. So we just brought it forward. We've been at ONA a couple of times. We're, we're trying to be planful and get our facts in order. We're doing, Council Holcomb's been doing some best practices, calling folks from some of the communities that have done this. We're going to get feedback from our police chief and fire chief and traffic commission is looking at it this week. Um, they're going to be taking it up on Thursday night. I'll be attending that meeting. Um, so I think it has some legs, but ultimately we'll need to get the support of um, city council and the public will have a chance to weigh in at a public hearing. We even talked about maybe doing some survey monsters out to the community just to see if maybe Good Morning Gloucester would do some, just to get some feedback from the community if they like the idea or not. Most of the people I've talked to like it, um, but some won't. So that's the benefit of a public hearing. Great. So, um, so that's got, something that we're kind of excited about. And um, We've got about two oh, minutes left. I, I wanted to mention um, is that Councillor um, Memhard, Nolan, and I worked on a really helpful user-friendly tool that describes private road repair in Gloucester. And if anybody is seeking information, if you go on the Public Works um, website on the, on the City of Gloucester homepage, you'll see that if you hit private road repair and potholes, you get this pretty helpful technical document that shows all the ordinances on this matter, it gives the state law, it shows all of our private and public roads in Gloucester, it goes back to information on when we decided that most 
private roads would be plowed, I think, back in the 1940s. There's just a lot of information out there that we think will be helpful for people when they're first starting to ask questions as just a user-friendly tool. And then oh, the other thing I wanted to mention is that three years ago I recommended to our former council president, Joe Shalino, um, that um, I felt that our BNF budget meeting should be meetings of the whole, of all, of all the council, and that allows me as a ward council to attend. And after BNF goes through a budget line item, I'm now able to deliberate and share my thoughts because it's also posted as a committee of the whole, so we're not in a violation of open meetings. So if there's a quorum, then we can participate. So I think that's been really positive as a ward counselor because those meetings are really important when we're going over things like sign budget and paint budget and how many roving offices we have in North Gloucester. I like to ask questions and get involved with the decisions, which we're now able to do because we changed that. And Councilor Cox, who now chairs BNF, has um, further supported that, and Council Lumberg, our president. So that's been a positive process standpoint of Great. making well, sure that everyone gets to participate at a subcommittee level, but is actually now a committee of the whole, which is a good thing. Good. Well, I want to yes. thank you for being a guest on Trending Now with Josh Arnold. I had hoped to get into uh, the school issue and the debt override and all of that, but uh, we're running out of time today, so maybe we'll have you back uh, after the election and you can share some thoughts about that. Terrific. Thanks, Val. Thank you so much, Josh. It's always a pleasure to talk with you and keep giving me your suggestions. I appreciate it. Okay. Take care now. All right. Take Thanks. care. Bye-bye. Score early and often this fall with a low-rate residential loan from the Institution for Savings. The Institution for Savings has fantastic rates, low or no fees, great service and prompt turnaround. Plus, we service our mortgages in-house, so help is always a local phone call away. For more information or to apply online 24-7, visit institutionforsavingsloans.com or call us at 978-462-2344. Institution for Savings, member FDIC and DIF, equal housing lender. Bob Gillis, president of Cape Ann Savings Bank, serving the Cape Ann community with stability and commitment for over 170 years. Since 1846, our customers have relied on our local bank service and big bank benefits. Stop by our offices or call to talk about your banking needs at 978-283-0246. Built on community, Cape Ann Savings Bank. Member FDIC. Member DIC.
FDIS, Equal Housing Lender. Gloucester's Walter Wilkins Insurance Agent teaming up with Columbia Insurance to deliver a full arsenal home and auto policies as well as a full line of commercial coverage for business owners, including commercial property and commercial vehicle coverage. Wilkins partners with respected companies such as Plymouth Rock, Quincy Mutual, Commerce, and Safeco. For City of Gloucester employees, there are discounts on auto and home policies. Wilkins Insurance is located at 186 Main Street, Gloucester. Now partnering with Columbia Insurance, serving the North Shore. Harrington's Trophy and Awards has been rewarding the North Shore for over 25 years. Hi, I'm Kevin Harrington. And I am Marty Harrington, and we are known for our local family business, providing custom trophies, plaques, screen printing, embroidery, and much more. We offer a variety of services such as engraving wedding gifts, medals for charity walks, youth sports trophies and uniforms. From the newest style performance wear to your everyday work shirts, we are your one-stop shop. Whether it's a fantasy football, warm-up suits for your team, end-of-the-year banquet gifts, or recognizing excellence, we pride our business on our exceptional customer service and quality products. Located in Lynn or visit our website at harringtontrophy.com. Well, that's, that's live radio. Sometimes um, you don't make connections, and most of the time you do. <coughs> so uh, a quick hour. Now we have uh, a full week uh, lined up here at least through Thursday. Yes. Um, and so what else do you have planned? So tomorrow we have uh, Anthony Bernalde from Amesbury, Nicole Morrell from Medford, Jacqueline Corvo from Peabody and Hongnet from Lynn. All people running for office. Some are in office, most of them are running for office. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, Wednesday we've got Paul Guarnsey, the City Council President uh, of Beverly, uh, Jose Encarnacion, uh, City Council candidate in Lynn, Joe Gigalani, candidate for Ward 2 in Gloucester, and Samantha Watson, a candidate for the school committee uh, here in Gloucester. And then Thursday, Kathy Clancy. Uh, Kathy O'Meara Clancy, uh, Vice Chairman of the uh, Gloucester School Committee, and Tim Clarendon, the City Councilor in Beverly, will uh, be our guests. Uh, and we have two more slots we expect to fill in. All right, sounds like a busy week, and we'll be back uh, tomorrow uh, at this time, and of course it'll be available on demand. And don't forget, on Monday nights, we have North Shore Sports Night, got a big, sh- big shoe uh, lined up for this. We're going to talk uh, at the top about uh, Mascadamon's entry into the Cape Ann League with uh, their athletic director, John Delaney. So we're looking forward to that and um, plenty of other action as well. And of course, big football game on Friday night. That's Marblehead. will be traveling to Danvers for the NEC North Crown. And that will be uh, about a 7 o'clock start, we presume, weather permitting. That's all upcoming. And, of course, Josh and I will be back here tomorrow morning. So on behalf of Josh Arnold, our producer and engineer, Bill Kapotsky, and Rick Moore, this is MSONewsports.com. <laughs>